Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. And it's Monday morning. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith on the farm show with you this morning. And if you're just getting up, rolling out of bed, you are in for a treat. It is a beautiful morning outside. We are waking up in the upper 20s. And what a beautiful weekend this last weekend was. I just don't have anything negative to say about it. It was beautiful. We got a chance to go outside. I mean, the kids were outside a lot, and we were playing out there, and it was just a beautiful weekend. I hope you got a chance to get outside and enjoy it as well. I actually, so one of my friends, we actually had lunch on Saturday together, and we were coming back home, and she says, oh, I'm so glad you have your Christmas lights up outside. I'm not the only one. Well, that was on Saturday. So on Sunday afternoon, I had to call her and tell her, hey, um, I took down my Christmas lights outside. But it was so nice. So I hope you all got a chance to get out there, enjoy this beautiful warm weather that we are having. And guess what? It's going to continue. Today, a high of 48 degrees. Tomorrow, they're talking about setting records. High of 53 and Wednesday, 52 degrees. Now, if you think back, I wonder when the last time we saw 50 degrees in the beginning of February before. I don't even know when it was. They said it's like back in the 70s. Some people are saying the 60s. I don't know. Unfortunately, I wasn't born in the 70s or the 60s. So I I can't tell you what the temperatures were. But it is beautiful out there. So get ready for another nice day. We've got a lot of stuff going on in agriculture this morning. We've got a lot of numbers coming your way today. So be prepared for that. Last week, the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service released all the numbers for December for corn, beans, oats, the all hay prices, the milk prices. And then I did some more digging, and they also released the number of farms that are left in Wisconsin. And I will tell you, coming up in a little bit, the numbers aren't good. They are low. I remember when I first came here working with Bob Bosold and Wax. There was over 10,000 farms in the state of Wisconsin. We are down to only 5,661. That just is baffling that we've lost that many farms in the last however many years. So we'll be filling you in on a little bit more information on that, how many cows are left in the state, what their production is. It's a numbers day. So we're going to be touching base with that, plus a lot more. 
I know Jill was on the road this weekend. She was at a convention. She's probably on her way in now going, I got the numbers. She said it was a great weekend. They raised a lot of money and all good things there. So we've got that and a whole lot more coming up this morning. And let's touch base on some of those numbers this morning. Last week's Last week, the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service released our numbers for December. The average price received by farmers for corn during December in Wisconsin was at $4.50 a bushel. Now that was $0.10 cents above the November price, but $1.59 below the December 22 price. For soybeans, the average price received by farmers was at $13 a bushel. That was $0.20 cents above the November price. However, $1.20 below the December 22 price. And the average oat price per bushel came in at $3.26. That's $0.08 cents below November and $2.57 below the previous December. That is a big jump there. So those are a few numbers for you. And tune in after the 5 o'clock hour. We've got tickets to give away. And not just any tickets. It's for Peshtigo Trip. Who wants to go white water rafting down the Peshtigo? We've got four tickets to give away. We'll give away two twos. So if you're interested in getting those, you have to send us a message and we'll fill you in on that after five o'clock because it's a fun trip. So, and that will be, they'll do those giveaways and it's all a lot of fun stuff along with the Central Wisconsin Sports Show that's happening February 9th through the 11th. So that's coming up this weekend. That's at the Central Wisconsin Convention and Expo Center in Rothschild. So they'll have information there. You can probably get more tickets there as well. We've got ticket giveaways. So we'll be touching base on that and tell you where to send your info to. All right. We've got more coming up right now. Like I said before, beautiful morning. Jill Welkie is joining us now. I am here. So what do you think of the weather this morning, Jill? We were just touching base on that. It's a little cooler than it was yesterday morning. Oh, it's still beautiful. It is beautiful out there. You can see the stars. You can see the moon. Yeah. And it's very nice. It is very nice. On mornings like this, so we're, we're past Groundhog Day. Yep. So then we got Valentine's Day coming up, and everybody knows it's the chocolates, the roses, and stuff like that. But when I think Valentine's Day, I cannot wait for Shamrock Shakes at McDonald's. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's been a long time since I've had one. Maybe I need to have one again. Yes, you do. They are amazing. Now, my question for you is, in Uh-oh. what year did McDonald's introduce the Shamrock Shake? 1972. Ooh, she's close. <laughs> you didn't think I knew things. Oh, I didn't say that. I was just it's like <laughs> curious because it's before my time. Well, um, and here's the thing. I didn't have a chance to Google that either. So no. I just pulled that right out. I answered right away. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> yeah. So, now... Fun one for you. When did the Oreo Shamrock McFlurry join the menu? Oh, I bet you that was more like 19... 19... Oh, you're way off. Why? It's in the 2000s? It's in the 2000s. Okay. 2008. Oh, still far off. (laughs) We'll make Jill think about it. You can't Google. You have to be Uh... honest. No Googling and no phoning a friend or texting a friend. None, well, of, none of my friends are awake at this time of the morning. Well, you've got kids that are awake. <laughs> yeah, well, I do so that. They, so Jill's kids, you can't message in either. Okay. So, and if they do, you can't look at it. Okay. All right. So no friends, no family. All you right. You know, this is like who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> I <Yes>. do. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think really. we all do at this point. <laughs> I don't know. Is there any big lotteries coming up that 
are worth that kind of money? Uh, you know, I haven't even been checking. I've been so busy with so many other things that I haven't checked to see what those lottery mel- numbers are. Usually I don't even win a dollar. <laughs> well, and I didn't win anything this last this last weekend either, so. Oh. That's okay. I'm always a winner. Oh, there he <laughs> Wow, I was not expecting that comment. <laughs> hey, I, it's true. It's true. I I want to get you off your off your game this morning. That, it's happening. <laughs> the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over thirty five years. Will the Central Wisconsin Convention and Expo Center in Rothschilds will be having their fourteenth annual Central Wisconsin Sports Show coming up this Friday, February 9th, tenth, and eleventh. And one of the exhibitors there is the, I don't know, don't be mad if I miss, I think it's Cozier's Whitewater Rafting, Peshtigo River in Marinette County. Now we have passes to go. They are free passes, $50 value. To get a chance to win these passes, Jill, where do they have to go to? They need to send your name, your address to waxbob at gmail.com. Yes, our good friends over there at the Central Wisconsin Convention Expo Center sent these tickets our way, and I've never done whitewater rafting. Have you? I have not. I cannot swim. Me neither. So So this is not for us. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, and we we don't need to be, you know, being fished out. (laughs) (laughs) No. So if you are interested, you have to go to waxbob at gmail.com. Send us your name, your address, phone number, your information so that we can get these tickets to you. They are limited, and you can't, don't ask for two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Nope. You're going to get two tickets if you sign up. So, first come, first serve for the Peshtigo River Kosher's Whitewater Rafting. And I think you should say why you would like to go Whitewater Rafting. You, I like that. Give us a little tidbit of why it would be fun for you or why you would like to go. Yeah. I I would love to go, but I would need, like, the flotation device, like, not only the life vest, I would need the arm floaties, the leg floaties, you know, something on my neck and something on my head with, like, a beacon. Yeah, I just don't really have a real big desire to that. And I love fishing. I love boating. But the whitewater rafting is a little too out of control for me. So <laughs> here we are. Yep. No, I've never, you know, I took swimming lessons for years. For years. And I actually ran into my old swimming instructor and she says, I've never seen somebody jump in the water, tread water and go down. (laughs) Well, I never took swimming lessons, so I just don't even have that experience. You know what my mom told me? Uh, She says, if you're ever out in the middle of the lake and the boat sinks, she's like, just go to the bottom and then walk. (laughs) Well, you know, that is good advice. It is. It is good advice. And I, we talked about like the ocean and she, I said, aren't you afraid of sharks? She's like, I'm too old. No shark is going to want to gnaw on these old bones. So I think I'm getting older now that maybe I might have a chance. Oh, you know, okay. they're going to look at me and go, oh, that's like, you know, like beef jerky versus, you know, like steak. Yeah. They're not going to want that. Yeah, no. I just wear my life vest when I boat. So I've Very never good. fallen out and I've never sunk my boat. So I figured I'm I'm doing well. That's a good thing. She's never sunk her boat. So <laughs> nope, never sunk it. <laughs> All right. Well, Jill, hey, we got some prices today. I already reported on the beans, the corn, the oats. How about those hay prices? Well, the all hay prices in Wisconsin averaged $179 per ton in December. This is $5 below the November price, but $20 above the previous December price. 
The alfalfa hay price came in at $187 a ton, $9 below the previous month, but $19 above December 2022. The average price received for other hay during December was $148 per ton. This is $8 above the November price and $33 above December last year. Has to do a lot with the lack of rain this summer. Oh, yeah, that was a big factor. And I wonder what this year is going to bring. It's so hard to know. You know, we don't have the snow cover. And when I visited with the meteorologist last fall, he said if you were dry last fall, you're probably going to continue to be dry in the spring. But, you know, all can change with a few rains, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that update, Jill. And those are the numbers. We've got more numbers. Like I said, it's a numbers day today. We've got your morning markets. They'll be coming in next. Here are cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 167 to 176 with those mixed steers at 142 to 166. Choice fed beef heifers are 167 to 175 with mixed heifers coming in at 105 to 166. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 174. Choice fed Holstein steers are 145 to 154, with select and silage fed steers 104 to 144. Cows are 80 to 115, with a top of 120. Bulls are 86 to 121. Butcher hogs are 30 to 54, with sows at 29 to 35, and boars at 15 to 21. Shorn market lambs are coming in at 177 to 194. Feeder lambs are 2 to 265 with ewes at 95 to 140. When small goats are 15 to 125. Medium goats are 75 to 210. Large goats are 100 to $400. And nanny goats are 20 to $270. Thank you so much, Jill. And switching over to that Mercantile Exchange, your live cattle for February is at 180.55. That's up 80 cents. April's at 183.75, up 57. June is at 181.77, up 65. Feeder cattle for March is at 244.80, down 7 cents. April's at 250.20, down 32. May is at 255.27, down 42 cents. Lean hogs for February is at 75.45, down 35 cents. April's at 83.82, up 7. May is at 86.52, up 25 cents. And on the Chicago Board of Trade, on the overnight, your March corn was down two cents at four forty. March oats down a penny at three seventy. Your March beans down a penny at eleven eighty six. March soybean meal was down a dollar seventy at three fifty five ten a ton. March wheat down eight at five ninety one. On the dairy side, barrel cheese was up a penny to a dollar fifty five. Your blocks were down one and three quarters cent on Friday to a dollar sixty five, and your double A grade butter was unchanged at two seventy four and a half. Class 3 futures for February were down a nickel at 1627. March was down 14 at 1738. April down 6 at 1770. May was down 12 at 1793. June down 8 at 1819. And then those markets turned around and were upward through November. That's a look at your morning markets. And Jill, let's touch base on some more of those numbers. The Wisconsin all milk price for December. What did that come in at? <laughs> Got me dozing here. Oh. (laughs) It was $19 per hundredweight. That's 80% below last month's price and $1.70 below December's last December's price. $4.70 below. Oh. It's dark (laughs) over here. I'm having trouble reading this morning. (laughs) 
So four seventy below last December's price. The U.S. all milk price for December was twenty dollars and sixty cents per hundredweight. That's a dollar sixty higher than Wisconsin's price, but a dollar ten lower than last month's U.S. price. The states with the highest price for milk before deductions were Florida at twenty five dollars and twenty cents. Georgia and Virginia at $24.80, and Oregon with $23.40. Very good. And as we've all been seeing, I mean, you see it everywhere. Our neighboring farms are disappearing. Each year, we're losing more and more. But as of January 1st, there are now 5,661 licensed dairy herds in the state. Wisconsin lost 455 dairy farms just last year, a drop. From 6,116 and 22. As of January 1st, the top dairy counties are still Clark County at 638, Marathon at 356, and Grant County at 243. The counties that lost the most farms from last year were Clark County with 28 licensed farms, Marathon with 26, and Grant with 25. And although we've lost nearly half of our dairy farms in the last 10 years, cow numbers are still remaining steady. As of November, Wisconsin was home to 1,270,000 dairy cows. And milk production in the state continues to climb. Total month monthly milk production for November was at 2.58 billion pounds of milk. So our numbers are still there. However, the cows and farms are dwindling fast. And I don't know what we can do to change that. Drink more milk. Drink more milk. All right, and speaking of farming... Farmers for Soil Health, Jack Cornell, he'll be joining us next. He had a chance to catch up with Bob. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Modern technology has changed agriculture, no question about it, artificial intelligence and the things we can do with that, but sometimes it's back to basics. Let's get our fingers in the soil and see what works. Farmers for Soil Health is kind of along that line. Jack Cornell is with me, and Jack is with the United Soybean Board. Past life has been an agronomist, but uh, Jack, tell us about the conglomeration of the Organization of Farmers for Soil Health. What is it? Who's involved? How did it get started and when? Yeah, so it was a bringing together of the corn uh, NCGA, the soy checkoff and pork checkoff got together and were like, let's work together on sustainability. What is that? I don't know. And so they actually, there was an opportunity that came along with the Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities a grant, and we applied for that. We actually were awarded $95 million, and we needed a metric goal. What is that metric goal going to be? So we actually created, we want to double cover crops from 15 million to 30 million acre into 2030. And our vehicle to do that is to create a situation where we created 70 million of of those dollars are going directly to farmers to apply sustainable practices to their farm through cover crops. Hopefully unlock additional conservation practices. Another 20 million is really focused on helping farmers unlock those dollars, but then also providing that technical assistance to help them with that transition uh, to kind of how do I how do I manage cover crops? With another five million to hopefully build out a platform and software programs and a, a place to build on future opportunities within a marketplace, right? Where we're going to bring in buyers such as the General Mills of the world, the Walmarts of the world, to access 
farmers who are taking on these practices. So then farmers can actually sell their commodities raised under certain practices to these corporations and then get additional profitability on this. So we realize the cost share system is not a long-term play, but this marketplace will be. Creating a scenario where farmers can be price makers, not price takers. Let's talk first of all about that $70 million going to farmers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not, you're not just uh, identifying farmers across the country and sending <laughs> them a check. Yeah, that's right. They got to earn this. How does it start at the farm level to get some of that money? So we're looking at if uh, growers who are new to cover crops, there's a $50 per acre cost share that is, descends over three years. So the first year is $25, $15 in the second year, $10 in the third year. And that's per acre. So farmers that have already adopted some of this practices, there's a $2 per acre cost share. But, you know, I often t talk about, you know, well, $2 isn't a lot. But the opportunities for the marketplace are really key. And then also I, I tell guys is that those farmers that have already kind of figured out how to put those practices on their farm, they don't have that high level of risk that some of the guys that are new to it. And then hopefully there's that opportunity within the marketplace too. So it's kind of an incentive to kind of, hey, put some acres into this marketplace and go in there and explore. You know, once again, you don't have to do all your whole farm, right? You can just do 20 acres or 10 acres. It's really up to the farmer. It's a volunteer program for farmers to kind of go into the space and explore it and have the opportunities where it's a farmer-centric program that's de-risking some of these risks that farmers take. Sometimes these uh, carbon programs, they, they have this high risk where, okay, you have to go soil sample. See, our program is practice-based. It's not carbon-based. So it provides this uh, level of opportunity. Another unique opportunity is really who's overseeing this program? The commodity groups. And so we, we also have a farmer advisory group. And so it's a very farmer-centric. We're not going to produce a program that is detrimental to farmers. We're highly focused on helping farmers within the space. Talk more about that helping farmers because the farmer is going to put these cover crops in. How can he prove that it's doing any good? Uh, the commodity organization will come along and then maybe provide a way for them to uh, put this information on the market so they can make money. You mentioned Walmart as an offset possibly. Mm -hmm. They're not alone. They've got help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have technical assistance. So we actually worked, well, this program is actually working in 20 states, and we worked with those 20 state commodity groups who help guide how those technical assistance are being used in those, far in those states, right? And so sometimes it's a farmer advisory group. Sometimes it's working with the soil conservation district. Sometimes it's it, uh, the state commodity groups, I just hired more staff, right? And so it's going to be unique experience across these 20 states, but those people are there to help you with this transition and they're help you with all the elements within this program to unlock higher potential for profitability. This is not the carbon market that we hear so much about. This is different. Yeah, this is totally practice-based. You will have nobody showing up in your fields to soil sample to prove some carbon number did something. The verification step is done by satellites. There's a verification step where the satellites come over, they see there were some activities, then you essentially get paid. And if there's a, you know, you have a bunch of cloud cover or something, there will probably be a follow-up email, hey, verification step where you say, hey, yes, it, it did happen. And then the other thing is, is if a farmer decides, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, there's no cancellation fee, there's nothing, there's no issues there. If you say, hey, I couldn't get planted because of the weather, 
We're not going to kick you out of the program either. We're very farmer-centric, and we understand the tangibles of, of the variability that farmers face, and we're, we created a program that is farmer-focused and farmer-centric. How far along are we with it, that first $70 million to the farmers, and you mentioned $20 million for support and this, that, and the other thing. Where are we at as we end 2023, get into 2024? So farmers can sign up right now. Obviously, we're past the point of where you can actually plant cover crops. But if you did, you can sign up now until the end of February. And so you can unlock those cost share now. We're actually in the current stages of rolling out an early spring, the marketplace. So the marketplace isn't in place yet, but hopefully we have that those pieces. There's a lot of gears in that wheel, right? Because there's we got to work with the corporations. we got to work with farmer organizations and building out that software pro- platform. But but hopefully by early spring we have that in place. But the other cool thing is is if you don't if you miss this year, it's not a big deal. We're probably we have another sign up period next year, which starts March first. And then potentially there might be even a third sign up period. Chuck, what's been the response not only from the farmers, but as you talk you mentioned some major corporations here. Mm-hmm. What has been their thought on this? Is this something that they're looking forward to maybe offset some of the challenges they present to our climate? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, if you think about two or three years ago, right, so everybody was trying to get carbon neutral, right? That was the buzzword. The issue that a lot of these corporations were facing was is that all of a sudden they figured out, hey, I can't innovate my way to carbon neutral, right? I have trucks, I got planes, I got all these buildings that are using electricity. I can't innovate to carbon neutral. And so they've realized they have to work with the land sector to get that goal. And so we are the land sector. And so we've created an opportunity that is focused on us as a a land sector and helping us maximize our benefits to this and then inviting them to come in. It's not the other way around where they're creating the system and then we have to play by their rules. This is our game and we're inviting them to come play. I think one of the statements you made during your presentation were farmers have always been known as price takers. This is a situation where they will become price makers. They don't have to accept the offer from these major corporations. They can counter offer and make real money. That's right. Yeah. So you can have different companies buying to buy your commodities, right? So you'll say you have the Walmarts, you have the General Mills, and they're competing for your your ground. Your commodity is raised under certain practices. And so you can actually kind of dictate, and so you can actually negotiate within the platform the price that you want. And it's a really great scenario because it's not just like you signed a contract three years ago that says you have to trade at this amount. We don't do that. Ours is a year-to-year basis. And so the next year you can re-up and you can negotiate the next price for the next year, right? And so it's an opportunity for you to kind of play with it and not be stuck into some long-term contract. And that's some good news there. How do you not be stuck in those long-term contracts? Jill, I think everyone's been in that position. You get stuck in that rut and you don't know what to do. Right, and giving the options and doing something different is always uh, kind of refreshing, actually. Oh, absolutely. It's all, you know, I do have to tell you a fun story before we head to Rocky. So my son comes home from the library, and he has these books, and he's like, he likes the ultimate battles. You know, like Komodo dragon versus orangutan. Who would win the ultimate battle? So I say Komodo, you know, I say orangutan. It's the Komodo dragon. Okay, so I lost that one. So then he has all these books, and we're going through them, and he's, he's picking his. And I said, did you read this before? He's like, no. <laughs> so I guess hornet versus wasp. What do you think? I think it's the wasp. That's what I said. It's the hornet. 
Polar bear versus grizzly. What do you think it is? Polar bear. Grizzly. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm guessing the exact same thing you are. And he's like, I choose this one. I choose that one. And I'm like, have you read this before? And all of a sudden he flips to a page. He's like, isn't this sad? The silver, the silver bear down in Mexico is extinct because people shot them all. And I'm like, you've read this. And all he did was giggle. He guessed them all right. Well, he remembered. That's a good thing, though, because he's got retention. I know. The one tricky one, which I knew he cheated on this one, it was Triceratops versus Spinosaurus. And he says, neither. It was the volcano. That's (laughs) when I should have known he read this book. Yeah, I remember reading those books. I had some students that always liked those, and we would go through them, and they always enjoyed them. They did. It was just so, you know, trying something new. You know, he's like, you pick one, Mom. You pick it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I got this. I lost every single battle. Well, you should have made him pick first. I did. And then he picked the winning one. So then I got the loser one. <laughs> so then I'm like, I'm going to pick. And he's like, don't pick this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, that's the one I picked. He's using reverse psychology at eight. Yeah, what a turkey. Rocky Olson is joining us now from Premier Livestock. And with you, good morning, Rocky. Good morning. So you had a good weekend? Nice weather? Yeah, yeah, I guess you can't ask for it much nicer. No, it was beautiful. Anybody who says they didn't enjoy it, they, they must have been sick or something because yep. it was beautiful this weekend. But catch us up, Rocky. It's a busy morning. What's going on over at Premier Livestock? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This uh, last week's market shaped up here at Premier. We sold over 3,500 head of livestock last week. Fed cattle traded steady to strong. High choice and prime uh, corn-fed Holstein steers, 147 to 158. We see an extreme top on the Fed Holsteins, 164. Low choice and select Holsteins, 132 to 146. Your choice beef steers and heifers traded up to $1.72. Market cows were stronger. High-yielding cows from 106 to 114. Those premium feedlots lot type cows from 115 to 126, many cows from 85 to 105, market bulls high yielding from 105 to 118, Uh, organic market cows sold Mondays and Tuesdays mostly 120 to 151, Uh, calf market guys, make sure you know what your calves are worth, Uh, they're bringing big money here guys, newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from 250 to 500, your beef cross calves from 350 to 775, we've seen a top on the beef cross calves at 800 Also, dairy cattle auction last week uh, had a super strong sale. Uh, The bulk of them premium, high-quality type cows from $2,500 to $4,000 last week. Uh, Like I said, we're going to have a big week again this week. Uh, uh, Feeder cattle auction on Tuesday. We're going to have a lot of feeder cattle, a lot of well-vaccinated weaned calves. We're also going to sell bred beef cows. We're expecting $800 to $1,000 head for the Tuesday sale. Uh, like I said, uh, bread, bread beef cows, you got to have them in by 8.30 in the morning. Uh, we encourage you to bring those beef cows in and feeders the night before. We do not charge for feed uh, for overnight. And note, we are starting our earlier start time now on Tuesdays on the special sales. We're starting at 10 o'clock a.m., so we need those cattle in earlier or the night before. Uh, the bread beef cows will sell after the feeder cattle. Uh, then, uh, like I said, uh, 
We've got lots more information coming up here, guys, and we do have the dairy cattle auction on Wednesday. Uh, we got a 75-cow parlor freestall herd, lots of fancy consignments. I'm in extremely fancy cattle for the sale this Wednesday. Uh, questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. More detailed marker reports, upcoming sales, advanced consignments on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. And don't forget, large farm machinery auction will be coming up here March 15th. You can start bringing that equipment equipment now uh we will be ready for you so that is the way things are shaping up Kristen. sounds good rocky you have a great day it's a busy time and we will catch you tomorrow sounds great thanks Bye. there he goes rocky olson at premier livestock and with feeding information to the folks who feed you so before we head to morgan in the newsroom jill what year did the shamrock shake come out I- Oop, sorry i forgot to turn your mic on <laughs> of course you did <laughs> I did Google it. It's the same age as I am. 1970. There you go. Now, what year did the Oreo Shamrock? 2020. There you go. <laughs> but you cheated. I did. Of course I did. Mm-hmm. You waited too long, so I did had to have time to look it up. I waited too long. Anticipation. You're supposed to use your mind. Yeah. How am I going to use? I did use my mind. I used my resources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's no fun. All right. Well, Morgan's joining us now. She's ready to go. Morgan, catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom this morning? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Coming out of our weekend, we plug into a new week with the courts, and that includes lawyers asking for a case to return to juvenile court. The lawyers for the teen accused of assaulting and killing 10-year-old Lily Peters continue to fight to have him tried in juvenile court. Lawyers last week filed an appeal in the ruling from the Chippewa County judge to try the now 15-year-old suspect in adult court. They say the trial in juvenile court and a sentence in the juvenile system is best. Now, you probably remember when we talked about that ruling from the judge about two weeks ago to move the case to adult court. The trial has yet to be given a start date. In other headlines, we go to Fairchild. Crews were on scene from both Fairchild and Augusta's fire departments over the weekend. Now, nobody was hurt in the fire, but the barn was completely engulfed when crews arrived. Firefighters calling it a wildfire. They had to stop that fire from spreading. Say they're looking for an exact cause, but it will likely be chalked up as a wildfire. In other headlines that take us to the woods, Wisconsin's Department of Natural Resources says nothing will change in the state following the latest federal decision on wolves. We connect D.C to the Dairyland, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service last week said it is going to focus on a national wolf strategy. The DNR says that means Wisconsin's new wolf plan will stay the same and wolves will remain protected on a federal endangered species list. Now, the DNR just adopted a new wolf management plan for Wisconsin that eliminates a specific wolf population goal and all but bans hunting until those populations are well over 1,000. Link to the DNR online with a stop first at 715newsroom.com. Well, the plot thickens as we turn the page on a new reading plan in the state. Going to the Capitol level, Wisconsin lawmakers look to send more help to schools to try to get kids to read better. Senate Committee on Education is set to hold a hearing tomorrow on a plan that would spend about $50 million on childhood literacy. Specifically, senators are being asked to approve a new Office of Literacy at the state's Department of Public Instruction, sometimes called DPI. And does it sometimes feel like you just want to get off of this planet? Well, there's a Russian cosmonaut who has been for quite a long time, way up there, and 
counting days, right, Scott? Oleg Kononenko's first space launch was in 2008. He broke the record for the most days spent in space early Sunday morning by logging more than 878 days in space. And before he gets back to Earth in September, he'll have logged more than 1,100 days. Kononenko tells Reuters he never suffered any loneliness during all his days at the International Space Station. With the accomplishment, the 59-year-old beats out the record held by his fellow cosmonaut, Gennady Padalka. I'm Scott Carr in Washington. But back here on Earth where the chores have to be done, we go back to the barn with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report. Thank you so much, Morgan, for that update. And that's Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. It's that time of the morning to check in with our morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Yale Tuna Barn, check in with Jim Lindsay on the big sale on Friday. And Jim, how'd the sale go on Friday? Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar seventy-five to two seventy-nine. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar sixty to two fifty-nine. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar sixty to two eighty-five. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar forty-five to two hundred one. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar fifty to two fourteen. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar fifty to a dollar eighty-three. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, February sixteenth. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA. Or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thank you so much. And now Jerry Fitzgerald from the Stratford Equity Barn is joining us now. Good morning, Jerry. Kristen, good morning to you and Jill. And another nice, warm morning. Uh, relatively, what do we got? About 20, 28 degrees, so... Going to be warm again today, so we got to enjoy it. And it's uh, just, I guess, one of those, uh, well, we don't see this every every year. So I guess uh, older folks can remember some warmer Februaries. And I remember, I don't know what year it was, I remember uh, one year my neighbor had his oats in the ground February 28th. So, but that's, <laughs> got a lot of snow after that. Wow. I was yeah, going to say that that's a, that's early. <laughs> I don't remember what year it was though, but it's uh, but like we got all of February, all of March, all of April to uh, replenish our snow shortage. So I, I brought that up, unfortunately, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> all right, well, Jerry, we got a busy morning. Catch us up. What's going on at the Equity Stratford Barn? I better do that. Uh, Kristen, thank you, and good morning, everyone. Full marketing week here on tap here this week at Equity Stratford. We get this morning underway this morning at 10 o'clock here with the market auction here in Stratford. So market cows, uh, fed cattle, market bulls this morning. 11, 11.30, we'll get to those baby calves. And, again, a good calf sale. Expect today again. Calf market has been very strong. Tomorrow, Tuesday, a very busy day also in Stratford here. Starting uh, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock with, will be the dairy cattle auction here this week at Stratford. And following the dairy cattle market, auction and of course we do sell organic market cattle every tuesday that also will include organic steers and uh, fed cattle if you have those on wednesday we get started in the morning a full marketing day on wednesday including uh, uh market cattle we uh, sell most of our fed cattle on wednesday mornings also sheep hog and goats uh, this week, our feeder cattle auction is at 1230, as per that's where we've been starting our feeder cattle sales. Uh, we got a special bread beef cow sale this week here at Stratford. Uh, got consignment already of uh, some good quality bread beef cows, pictures on our website. Mostly of these are going to be black Angus cows. I uh, also do have a, a feeder cattle scheduled for Wednesday already, so we're looking for a good sale on Wednesday. If you folks are looking for some bread beef cows, we'll have those. Uh, and, of course, there will be all break check for you on Wednesday, and that will be at 1230. Our auction at, on Thursday does start at 11 
11 o'clock, full marketing day on Thursday. So, again, busy week coming up. And I also do want to mention, um, uh, coming up here in March, uh, if you folks are interested in our annual meeting, uh, uh, you can click on the website. Uh, there is a, a link there to register for the meeting. So, equity, get on the equity page, and uh, you can find that link. So, they want you to pre-register. So, I just thought, thought I would throw that in this morning. But, anyway... Uh, Back here tomorrow morning, we'll update how the prices are going today, and you ladies enjoy the day. And, uh, you know, one thing uh, someone mentioned to me the other day, said, you know, maybe you should mention folks are uh, calling their truckers, uh, try to get there early. Uh, this time of the year, we always worry about snow in the barnyards, loading cattle. Now it gets warm, it gets kind of greasy. Now we're talking about mud. Yep, mud and slippery and sinking in. So, yeah, you have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, well, you girls have a nice day, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning and enjoy the weather. Chance for uh, what is going to be the record? What is the record high today? I wasn't paying attention before. I did. I don't remember what he said for the record high, but it was like in the lower fifties. So tomorrow we should be breaking that. Oh, okay, and uh, and of course the groundhog. He's uh, he's a hero this year. So oh yeah, yeah, everybody hey, likes ladies, him. You ladies have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn this morning. This morning on our next Royal Phelps Update program, Dr. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, joins us once again. And uh, Dan, a lot of things go on the fields out there, that's for sure. One of those that uh, everybody's pretty familiar with is Lore's ban, but we do have an update on Lore's ban. What's the latest on its use or not using it? There has been a considerable discussion about removing the Lore's ban label and making it basically unavailable for use. It has been one of our most common products to use for controlling alfalfa weevil in the spring and, and also aphids as the season goes on. So the the good news for farmers is that Lord's Band should be available this next year. It is an option to use. And along with this, um, people should uh, keep in mind that they should be paying attention to and scouting for the alfalfa weevil, particularly early in the spring. We had such high levels in so many places last year that undoubtedly the weevils laid an awful lot of eggs around, and we have had a fairly mild winter to this point, so we would not see the death of the weevil over winter that we would see in some years. So this mild winter is uh, really setting us up for uh, some potential infestations. And then the good news now is that we have uh, continued use of a good product, Lorsban, for control of this weevil. As we move forward into the spring, watch for weevil damage in the fields and be prepared to control them if they're found to be present. After Lore's ban is taken off the market, is there a sufficient replacement that can do the job? There are other products, uh, yes, that can be used, but all of them are considerably more expensive and in some cases a little bit less effective. But uh, So yes, there will be alternatives. It's just not going to be as economical to control the weevil once if Lore's ban is fully taken off the market. All right, and uh, we'll listen to that word, if, because uh, we'll see what happens in another year. Thanks for the update, Dan. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us again on our next Girl Alfalfa Update program. Thank you so much, Bob, for that update.
And it's time to take a look at our markets one last time this morning. On the Chicago Board of Trade, your March corn on the overnight was down two cents at 440. Your March oats were down a penny at 370. March beans down a penny at 1186. Your March soybean meal was down a dollar 70 to 355.10 a ton. March wheat down eight at 591. Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 405 for corn. Baldwin's at 378 and 1106. Chippewa Falls is at 377 and 1114. Durand is at 373 for corn, 1096 for beans. Mondovi's at 378 and 1101. Elmwood's at 383 and 1106. Fall Creek is at 373 and 1096. Osseo, 388 for corn, 1106 for beans. Loyal's at 385 and 1103. Elk Mound is at 383 and 1111. Sparta's at 385 and 1098. Ellsworth is at 370 and 1096 for beans. Ethanol plants in the area. Boyceville's at 394. Stanley, $4. New Richmond, 395. On that dairy side, barrel cheese up a penny at $1.55 on Friday. Blocks were down one and three quarters cent to $1.65. Double A grade butter unchanged at 274 and a half. Class three futures for February down a nickel at 1627. March down 14 at 1738. April down six at 1770. May down 12 at 1793. June down eight at 1819. And then the markets turned around and came upward through November. So let's look at your morning markets one last time for this Monday morning. And Jill, let's go over a few events on the calendar. There was a neat one I saw this morning on there that I think would be fun to do. <laughs> I caught you again, huh? <laughs> now you're Googling. Now you're sleeping before. Well, that was a long weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a meat snacks short course at the University of Wisconsin Meat and Science Alumni Biology by. Mm, biologics discovery program and they will host a meat snacks short course february 28th or 27th through the 29th and there are 50 registration spots open i think that sounds kind of delicious i think it would be interesting a meat snack short course yeah i can't say that very well obviously this morning snack short course meat (laughs) snack short course (laughs) and there's a lot of beef quality uh, producing quality beef workshops out there. Start First one is on February 9th at the Bonduel Equity Livestock Sale Barn. Then there's one on February 20th at the Monroe Equity Livestock Sale Barn. And then February 29th, there's one at the Sparta Equity Livestock Sale Barn. And then traveling to Club 16. And on March 14th, there's one at the Stratford Equity Livestock Sale Barn. And then they travel to the country air. I actually talked to uh, Angie Horkin about those uh, producing quality beef workshops, and we'll be hearing from her before they start up. Nice. Well, thank you for that update, Jill. And you'll have to let me know how that meat snack short course is. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I think that'll be fun. I think so, too. All right. We're at 24 degrees right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area. It's going to be a partly cloudy day today. High of 48. Tomorrow, some clouds are going to be coming in with some breeze. High of 53. Wednesday, breezy, mostly cloudy, 52. Wednesday night, there is that chance of rain, but nothing too crazy yet. So get up, get outside, and enjoy your Monday. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at waxradio.com.